Love Talk Radio. Contra Radio Network presents the Contra Dawn Show with your host, Dawn Appleberg. Now, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? You're kidding me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, there was our technical difficulty. I hope you can hear the show. All right. Um, so anyway, to make a long story short, what happened is that she, um, who, you know, I respect her. I really do. I'm not going to call her name out because, you know, she probably, she's a very private individual. But she was extremely, she was becoming very aggressive about this whole stamp out racism and how it's so rampant and how it's like basically you wake up in the morning, you eat, breathe, and shower racism. And... I was trying to explain to her, in my view, that yes, racism is there, racism is real, but it's not this this prevalent monster that's sitting on your back, and every single time you turn around, it's racist, 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 racist. And the thing is, is that um, somewhere in the middle of this conversation is when I started having a reality, an epiphany. Many of these comments that were made by her friends were made in such a way that it was perceived instantly, automatically, because of the fact that I am white, that I've never been exposed to racism. Now, there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. You know how, how charged this is. You know how controversial this topic is. But there's a very real possible, there's a real reason why I'm bringing this up. What happened is that they, they were responding to me, as they would, an uneducated naive, sheltered, middle-class, white woman. And, you know, I could talk to Lou in the face about the fact that I've been all over the world. I've been in countries where literally if you're past a certain shade of of color, you're hunted, be it extreme white or extreme black. I've been in countries where if your child is born too dark. They leave it out in the in, in the jungles or they leave it out in, you know, the plains for animals to eat because they know what's going to happen. On the same token, if your child is born too white, then they're hunted like animals. Or if you happen to be white in some of these countries, you're, you're you know, you're raped, beaten, murdered, and this type of thing simply because you're, you're not considered human. And then in the reality, there's other countries like the Middle East areas, which are blatantly still practicing to this day slavery of doesn't matter what race. If you don't believe in their culture or their religion, you're automatically targeted for potential slavery. I've been in these countries. I've been exposed to it. I've experienced it firsthand. I myself, 
as a as an individual who's traveled the world, I myself have been exposed to racism against me in many aspects. But it's never been one of those things that I looked at it and said, you know, that stopped me from doing something. Now, this is my perception. Before anybody gets all upset about them, you don't understand the cause or anything else, hear me out on this. There's a reason why I'm doing this. I never saw it as this stopped me from doing what I want to do. And the reason being is, to be perfectly honest, I have done some pretty amazing things in my life. I have, in my career, in the military, I, I get some next to impossible stuff. That doesn't mean I'm better than anybody else. It doesn't. It just means that for sheer dumb luck, sheer stubbornness, perseverance, and a refusal to quit, there were things that I did that um, that you I just wasn't supposed to do at my rank or at my station, but it happened. So I, I just never feared at any point that, that I had been oppressed or, you know, discriminated against, even though I'm sure it had occurred, but it just didn't stop me. Now, that brings up to the next point of this echo chamber situation. I was also raised in a home where, with my sister who is deaf, when anybody tried to teach, treat her as a handicapped individual, she would literally look at them and say, you're the one that's handicapped. I can live in your world. You cannot live in mine. When she went to BYU as a student and they were telling her, we don't accept deaf individuals because we just don't have a community or resources for you, obviously this dates how old she is, uh, she told them, fine, I don't have a handicap. And then she actually helped establish this great deaf community that's in BYU. Now, this is not once more to say how great we are or anything. What this is is to go ahead and show some perception capabilities. We were fed on a diet when it came to news and information and education and um personal perception, we were fed on a diet of global prodding, being respectful of other people's cultures, but still proud of our own, that there is nothing that will be there to stop you no matter who tries it unless you allow that to happen. We were raised on a diet of if you have some sort of um, ability in the eyes of the world, you needed to flip the switch on that and turn that into your capability. We were raised on a steady diet of, and, you know, props to my mom for doing this because she, she was basically a single mom. She was married throughout her, her raising us, but we, dad was never home, so. But we were raised on a diet of there's no such thing as can't. Can't means quit. There's no such thing as somebody taking rent in your head unless... Um, they you, you allow them. And when someone looks at you and says you're ugly, you're fat, you're stupid, you're you're lazy, you're a woman, you're you're a man, you know, you're you're racist, you're a bigot, whatever when they label you with these, that this individual it doesn't pay rent, doesn't make care of your kids, doesn't pay your bills, then that individual's opinion is discredited. And and that's this is the perception I was raised with. I've had to come to a serious conclusion that I think that a lot of individuals out there have been raised with a different echo chamber. 
an echo chamber being what's been fed back to you over and over repeatedly, and it starts in the home. And I started, what I started doing, I started reading up on some of these um, uh, these liberal speakers, you know, the ones that I've just totally discounted and would not listen to. And I came across a couple to all their laments were about how they were persecuted, prosecuted, racially profiled, or they were sexually profiled or whatever, from the time they were a child, and, and that they had to go ahead and, and against the oppression of, of the nation, they had to become what they did, but they still are feeling it. And I, I started to realize that there was a resonance here, and that is that these individuals were taught what that perception was. It wasn't a matter of them waking up one day and also realizing, hey, that's racist, or hey, that's genderist, or whatever. No, these individuals were taught that perception. And I'm going to go a little hard on the left here a little bit when it comes to this, and then I'm going to go to the right here, too. But when it comes to the left, I'm going to tell you something. Stop treating your children as if they were born with a liability. Now, you swear you don't. You swear that what you do with your kids is tell them, you know, hey, you can be anything. You're, you're, you're very progressive. You're very free thinking. If they want to be a boy, if they want to be a girl, if they, you know, if they want to, you know, be a cat, you, you, you're all for expressing their, but you're not understanding the lesson you're teaching your child. And that is that the world is out there to label, compartmentalize, and repress your child, be it for whatever reason. You need to stop because that right there is you're, you're preparing them for their own echo chamber, which will eventually be what they are as an adult. Now, for the extreme alt-right, let me explain something to you. Bible, guns, and God are great. Country's great. But when you are teaching your child when you're teaching your child that they are better or worse or they must resist at all causes or they must fight for all causes or being a Christian they're going to be repressed or whatever you're doing the same echo chamber doing the same echo chamber the message is still telling your child that they are predetermined to rely on certain news feeds and certain social classes and statuses and this type of thing to reflect their personal views that they were raised with in order for them to, to identify who they are. Now, we're going to fast forward this until you're an adult. You have a child over here who has been told from the time that she was young you must be a strong, independent, black woman because the world is going to try to take from you and you must claw your way to the top and you will be strong and independent and don't let anybody disrespect you. i got a problem with that and I'll tell you what it is. You have just defined in your child's entire life characterizing the fact that her skin color is a certain way with being a strong individual who has to fight for everything. Why can't your child be a strong, independent young lady who can be anything that she wants to be, no matter what, and take the world head-on as a challenge versus, once more, being the, you know, you're going to have oppression and repression and this type of thing. 
And then what happens is that when, when in interactions occur, the first thought won't be psychologically repression or disrespect or differences. The first thought will be engagement, communication, education, enlightenment. And if somebody is an absolute jerk at that point or a dick at that point, then they're not going to be looking at it as because I'm black or because I'm oppressed or because I'm a woman. What they're going to be doing is they're looking at it like that guy's probably had a bad day or I just don't like this individual and move on. By the same token, on the other side, and, and we're going to get off the, the race thing here in a minute, but there's a really serious reason why I brought this up. On the other side, when you have the, the, the individuals who are white and, and you start hearing these, you must be, you, you can't define yourself as white. You can't define yourself as, as successful. You can't define yourself. Well, you shouldn't be defining yourself as white. You really shouldn't. You should be defining yourself as who you are. You can define yourself as successful. You can define yourself as um, anything you want to be who you want as long as you work for it. The echo chambers that we have set up for ourselves from the time we're children until we're adults, we then actively look for when it comes to our social media. When, when it comes to the, the, the interactions we have with individuals, we tend to, to distance ourselves from those who don't agree the same way or who may disagree with our perception of life. And the reason we do is because it's uncomfortable. When we do this, we set ourselves up to be controlled. When I do nothing but look at news that deals with gun control, deals with um, Trump bashing, deals with Planned Parenthood pros and cons, immigration pros and cons. My perception of what I'm looking for is I will discredit those sources that do not fit my agenda, just as you do. What happens there is I don't get the big picture and the full picture, and I'm deliberately allowing myself to be corralled into a mindset that's reaffirmed to continue the divide. I watched a video today by a man who became an overnight Internet success because of a video that he put out which dealt with the, the racial crisis. And he, I've, I've pretty much, I had discounted this man beforehand because he is a liberal. He's very hardcore liberal. He's very anti-conservative. And what happened is that he had set himself up a, a what he called an alt-right extremist, you know, white extremist fake account to see what um, what would happen. And it surprised him because he realized that, that both sides were saying the same thing just for different purposes. And I had to stop myself and think about that. So I went to my news feed. I'm not going to tell you what's on my news feed because, once more, this is not about me. This is about generic politics. But I will tell you what happened. I went to my news feed. And as I'm looking at my news feed, I started to realize that while I am one of those that that calls out fake news, I had a tendency to go ahead and, because of my agenda, push stories that I hadn't quite researched all the way 
or believed in stories that may not have been 100% true. And if you're honest with yourself, if you yourself are honest with yourself, go to your news feed, go to your Facebook, and honestly look and see what's in your feed, what you choose to look at. Is there anything in there against what you agree with? Is there anything in your feed that does not, besides trying to anger you on some point, that does not support your agenda, but is so factual? For instance, this whole San Juan, Puerto Rico mayor situation. The chronological situation is the hurricane hit, mayor asked, demanded for help because there was so much damage to the ports within, they did not lift the embargo until they could actually get some quality control in there and damage control in there so it did not da- didn't put in danger or in harm's way refugee assistance and workers. Once they finally had themselves a dock that was safe, they went ahead and brought in the refugees. They allowed it to occur, and they oh, not refugees, uh, refugee assistance and, and first aid and, and, you know, the resources. The United States sent carriers and multiple assets to Puerto Rico to assist. And we had several news reporters who finally were able to show up and actually tell the story. Now, that's chronological. During this time, what occurred is a dissing contest between Donald Trump uh, president, President Donald Trump, sorry. Don't know if, I don't care if you like him or not. The fact of the matter, it's a title. He's the president. And he'll steal with it. Anyway. And um, the mayor of Puerto Rico, of San Juan. She was claiming that the, the U.S. had not done anything to assist. And Trump was retaliating with, we're doing everything we can. You need to shut your pie hole. You know, I'm just paraphrasing here. Geraldo went in, and that's when they found out, Geraldo of all people went in, and that's when they found out that, that the, the, the aid is there, but that the truck driver union went on strike instead of taking it to the people. That um, while Trump was trying to make this into a feel-good story, the uh, San Juan mayor was trying to turn this into the tragedy that she perceived it as, and so the two of them were, were battling it out. And eventually what happened is the governor of Puerto Rico and another mayor in Puerto Rico called out the San Juan mayor as embellishing and using this as a political tool. Now, that's the chronological. Whether you like it or not, that's what happened. However, when I went through my news feed, I, I, I suddenly realized something. I'm looking at all this, and I'm looking at all the stuff that, that fits with my agenda, my perception, what I believe occurred, but I didn't see anything in my news feed that did not disagree with it. And what I mean by that is there was nothing in my feed that showed the other side or the other perception. I took it further. I then went to my feed, and I started looking at, everybody ready for this one? Because it's going to really shock you if you've been listening to my show. 
Black Lives Matter. Every single story that I had on Black Lives Matter supported my agenda on why, who, what, and how. So what I did is I cleared out my cookies, logged off of Google, into Google, into an account that I have not used in, I don't know, 10, 15 years. And I did a search. And then I went to Yahoo and did the same thing. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing stories pop up I had no idea about. I'm seeing legitimate cases of the other side of the argument from where I stand that I did not know about. I had created my own echo chamber. With that being said, there's only one thing that can change my echo chamber. And that's me. Facebook definitely isn't. Facebook wants that division. Because the longer they're divided, the more controversy they get, the more people are going to go ahead and search for their own agenda, the more it's active, the more it's active, the more advertising they get profits. Okay? Plus it also helps when it comes to, uh, you know, politics and everything else. And also the fake news websites, they don't want us to, to start talking because then we'll start realizing just how fake they are. And so in order for me to to change my echo chamber, I've had to become uncomfortable with certain things. I've had to go and search out resources that disagree with my side of the debate. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go out and find idiots. You do not have to go out and find some fanatic. If you happen to be progressive, you do not have to go out and find Alex Jones. Okay, if you happen to be a conservative, you do not have to go out and find Rachel Maddox, okay? But what that does mean is that you need to go ahead and start looking at all the different pictures and start fil- not filtering, but actually unfiltering some of your feed so you see the actual picture, not just the perceptions that you have. You need to break your echo chamber. One of the best ways I heard that explained today was simple. If I'm painting and I'm trying to paint an ocean scenery, you're only going to get half the picture if I don't paint. And that's what we've been doing. Either you see the beach or you see the ocean, but you don't see the whole picture because we don't want to see the whole picture. We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to have our viewpoint of what things are changed. Now, here comes a conspiracy on this, and I'm going to say it's actually fact. What happens is you have basically a, 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 it's agenda-driven. And what happens with this agenda-driven scenario is that the longer they can keep us divided, the longer they can go ahead and keep us as a nation fighting amongst ourselves, over apples and oranges when they're both fruit. Then the more that they can go ahead and control. And we're allowing it. We're feeding off of it. We're telling them, please, give me what I want to believe in. Just give it to me. And what happens is we need to stop that, and we need to say, you know what? Maybe I have to eat my vegetables too. Can't just have steak all the time. 
Or, you know, if you're vegan, you know, maybe I'm going to have to try an egg once in a while because, well, hey. So what we need to do as a nation, what we, what we need to do globally, actually, but as a nation per se here, is we need to stop reinforcing our own echo chamber and reach out. That fanatic screaming in a video I watched earlier today, there was this woman screaming at a at man about how uh, his filthy dog was in the store and, and she just she couldn't stand it. It was just, it was a really, just a horrible video about this woman being uh, really cruel to a veteran. She had his, his service dog in the store and she felt it was filthy, nasty, disgusting. And she was letting everybody know it and she, you know, she was leaving and engagement, 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 engagement. Um, I went and looked her up. Well, I'm not going to tell you how I looked her up because I have different ways of doing it. But turns out this woman's viewpoint for this had nothing to do with the vet, had nothing to do with the fact that this was, you know, a race situation. No. What it had to do with the fact is that she was raised in a hygienic situation where animals were filthy and did not belong in the house. And here she's going into a restaurant to eat, and here this dog is staring. Did she blow it out of proportion? Oh, you betcha. Was it called for? Oh, absolutely not. And I'm going to call her out on that. Her behavior in here was not okay. But is she this horrific villain that she's made out to be in this? Her perception of the situation was that this man was contaminating everybody's food with a dog. Now, to be honest... I don't want to see a dog when I go to a restaurant. If I'm eating at a restaurant or I'm eating someplace with food, I don't want to see an animal there. I'm not going to go over and call you out for it, but I probably won't shop there again. And I know you got service dogs, and what about... Well, we're not even talking about that. We're talking about another show completely. I get that. But at the same time, I'm saying, to be perfectly honest, I see a dog in a store around open food or if I see a dog in you know in a restaurant, I'm not gonna be eating there. It's just I consider that to be I don't want to have dog hair in my fur in my in my food. I don't want to have, you know, animals around where I eat. Bottom line. Ironically I have two boxers. I eat here with them all the time. So I have to think about that a little bit. But I'm just letting you know my perception. Okay. What if there had been a conversation instead? What if she had simply walked up told the manager, look, I'm not comfortable eating here. You're allowing animals into your store. I'm going to go ahead and go elsewhere. And the manager would have said, okay, sorry to, you know, that you were upset by this. Is there something we can do? You know, maybe negotiate, work out, whatever. And she either left or she stayed, whatever. You wouldn't have a million people right now arguing about the situation. Because one person acted out on a preconceived notion based upon how she was raised in her echo chamber. And everybody else that was there automatically jumped back into their echo chamber because of her behavior, labeled her ghetto, labeled her as, as a, you know, a racist bitch, basically. And then turned around and proceeded to reenact what they'd been told from their echo chambers how to act when it comes to these situations. 
because they reinforce their echo chamber to believe that anybody who acts this way or this way or has this perception needs to be treated this way. So my challenge to you, break out of your echo chamber. Break out of your echo chamber. Go ahead and, 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 and I challenge you to take a position you feel strongly about. And I do mean strongly about, you know, if you're, if you're trans, if you're uh, Christian, if you're uh, pro-Hillary, pro-Trump, whatever, I want you to take that position. And I want you to go out and seek news that doesn't agree with your position, but is real. Don't go fake stuff. Don't go after these op-eds. Don't go after the opinion pieces. Don't go after the ranting and ravings of some idiot because he doesn't agree with you. But find some honest, you know, like Milo is a prime example. Um, you know, go after these, these individuals and read up on that particular stance that doesn't agree with you. And once you get through the whole kind of irritated, this is BS, this is BS, this, I want you to stop and think. There are echo chambers out there that are resonating with this type of feed on a regular basis. So how would you conduct conversation with that individual to break them out of that echo chamber? Not to change their mind. Because you, you and I both know we can't change anybody's mind unless they want to. But to break them out of their echo chamber, what communication would you have with them to get them out of their echo chamber, get them out of that preconceived notion they've had since they were a child or since they were an adult or college or whatever, make them stop and think, and maybe have open communication regarding the situation. I've often said that uh, my brother from another mother-in-law, if you will, <laughs> no, they're not blood, but they are family, voted completely opposite everything that I believe in, and he and he completely is opposite everything I believe for a lot of situations, not everything. But we can still communicate about it. We can still talk about it. We can still communicate about it. And the fact of the matter is, nobody gets insulted. We may heed each other, but it's never done in a harmful manner because we both understand we're adults, be respectful, and that person has the right to vote however they act they want. So that's my challenge to you for this week. Uh, we've had some technical difficulties. I really want to get off Blog Talk Radio. Look, guys, I love Blog Talk. Well, no, I don't. I, mean, I can't lie. We've been on Blog Talk since I started, and this thing has not been working. It really hasn't. I'm on my phone again, and um, unfortunately, it's dying, so I have to go. Uh, that's my show for the for the night. Uh, tune in on Wednesdays for Contra Radio. That will be John Jeffers. We do have open slots at this point. Ladies of the Watch is indefinitely canceled as we speak. It's in suspension. My show is going to be coming up on Friday night. Normally it is about an hour. Cutting a little short tonight because we had some interesting technological difficulties. I do have a surprise for next week. It looks like that I might actually have my own dedicated power to go ahead and do my shows from now on. So, hey, wish us luck. And once more... Challenge what you think. Remember, we're adults. Communicate that way. There's no reason why we have to drop down into the emotional abyss 
that is knee-jerk reaction when it comes to politics. There's no reason why we should have to be angry when discussing our personal beliefs and views, and there's no reason why we should have to attack other people. So don't wear your heart on the sleeve. Put your brain in the pedigree. Peace out.